dot dot. Hello. Hi. And welcome to Theater, theater Thoughts. Thoughts. I'm Ty Etherton. And I'm Kira Sweeney. And we're two former theater kids now turned forever theater adults. Whether we like it or not. Talking about all things theater, education, and the performing arts. So let's get into some Theater, theater Thoughts. Thoughts. Um, before we do, um, you had a great opening night last night. Congratulations. Thank you. It was so good. Um, how do you feel about the show? Um, I feel really, really good about this. It's show. Chicago, by the way. Yes, just so I think aware. I mentioned in a previous episode that I was choreographing Chicago. Um, I think probably one of the most fast and furious processes that I've done outside of the two week method. Fast and furious Tokyo Drift. Um, Fosse Drift for sure. <laughs> um, but <laughs> um, the uh, I think like in terms of like working on it like after school outside of that like you know fast and even more fast and furious right. two week program i think this is the fastest i've ever had to like create and put up choreography um because i really only had 3 weeks of rehearsals putting up well and let me don't speak let me let me don't speak for you <laughs> let me not speak for you but as someone who has watched your process for now double digits worth of shows, yeah. a lot of what I've seen you do is you are very much like, let me put together 85, 90% of this prior to teaching it. Mm -hmm. And then I teach it. And I feel like you, because it was so fast paced, you were kind of only one to two songs ahead of the game of what you were teaching. And how was that experience? Versus the way you've normally processed your choreography. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, thankfully, I had the uh, ability to rely more on source material for this yes. show. Um, stylistically. Stylistically. Because I, I didn't want to just copy the original Broadway choreography. I mean, there's a couple of numbers where it is... It is Straight up you mean rep. Broadway rep. Um, that from the choreography episode. Yes. Uh there are like two numbers that are just straight up rep. I barely touched or changed. But anything. that's because it's Chicago and that's what. Well, and it's just so iconic. Like I could never create something better. Right. There are a couple of moments that I've tweaked, but I did not change to very fit much. Your style. To fit, yeah, my vision and yeah. my style. Um, but there were others where like I really experimented with how do I meld um, you know, and, and find Bob Fosse in me and, and in my style. So kind of marrying those two together, um, has been a really interesting process. And, um, Mr. Golden, the director, he like looked at me one day and he goes, it's just so fun to watch you do this. Like you get genuine enjoyment yeah. from teaching Fosse choreography. And I'm like, yeah, cause said, it's someone hire me full time <laughs> to do this. Cause it's weird. And it's quirky and it's specific and like when you when you get it you get it and the kids have gotten to that point too where they really understand the specifics and the precision that you need to have when you're doing Fosse um but like also Fosse Chicago is very different from other versions of right. of you know Fosse's rep it's what makes so, them so iconic absolutely so there's you know now that i've done this one i'm just like oh okay like it'd be so cool to do another one and to like again live in the same headspace of like how do i take what he's done and how do i combine you know my own style and and really create something you know new cool and different but also stay true to him and honoring his legacy his vision his you know um just iconicness 
but yeah, I feel I feel really proud of of what they they have accomplished. You should be. I think watching you and and being you know your best friend and 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 colleague and mm-hmm. and teammate. It's been so cool. This and Rock of Ages. I feel like we're stepping into. We've like passed a threshold mm-hmm. of what you could have done and the way your thought process is centering around choreography to me it feels so different in just a way that you're really pushing the facets and the limits mm-hmm. of what you're doing mm-hmm. and and the breakthroughs have been really cool to watch yeah. from my perspective yeah i was um talking to uh kira the um Roxy in our production the other day um, because she's done a lot of shows with me. She's one of our summer camp kids and um, so I was I was talking to her. She was asking me like how I felt about it and um, you know process and whatnot Um, but I I told her that like I really I think experimented the most with like um, having different versions of things or lots of different stuff going on simultaneously with one another. And I've done that a little bit before, but like in this production, I have like upwards of three, four, five different things happening in the same number, like different groups, different patterns, different things. And I hadn't ever played with that or done that right. to that extent before. Um, so yeah, like you said, I think I'm really stepping into kind of like a new creative era um, and, and really just like challenging myself, which feels good. It feels really good. Well, and by doing that, you're enriching students. That's why, you know, we've talked about this in the choreography episode and I've mentioned it a hundred percent times a hundred and 10 percent times mm-hmm. of i truly do not when i when i think of you i do not think of you as a dancer are you an incredible dancer absolutely but you are so in and and of course you're an educator mm-hmm. so that makes sense but you're you're such a choreographer because you are truly educating students on process and uh, precision mm-hmm. and history and and so many different things and that's really cool yeah because that's something i can I, identify with as an educator yeah i hope people actually read my choreographer's note because yeah. i thought i put some really cool stuff in Absolutely there that like is both you know kind of getting a peek into like what i wanted to do because um the dancing is so essential to the production, but also some people may have zero clue who Fosse is. They probably know Chicago because it's a pretty well-known musical, but unless you're a theater person, you don't know right? and you don't understand the, like, you know, the, the specifics. Well, in Chicago being Fosse's most well-known work, in my opinion, you mm-hmm. know, um it's obviously the longest running broadway show um by phantom but um (laughs) it it, it, the show itself kind of is centered around this aura that fossey created in the Mm -hmm. dance numbers and then the show the show story kind of picks up on that aesthetic Mm -hmm. and so chicago's the perfect entrance for people who don't know Fosse to oh, it's really a gateway understand drug. him. Absolutely. Yeah, for real. Yeah. yeah Cause you go from that to like, you get into like dancing and you get into like, yeah. you, you and I already know the rich man's frog oh. and like just some of those like, 
like different versions and different styles and, and specifics of a faucet, you can kind of like start to, you know, explore more. But this is, yeah, as quintessential yeah. a faucet as it gets. Congrats. But also this not just in the choreographic sense this was a huge like learning process in terms of like my re-entry into like after school high school theater which yeah. i haven't done since i student taught right and like the hours were exhausting absolutely the, you know as we talked about last episode the drama's been yeah. you know taxing it's been a, like you know overall a really challenging process but also really like um you know, I've grown a lot. I've learned a lot through this process, not just in that sense, but also like the people, the people yeah, aspect of it. Absolutely. Um, too. Well, it's, I was just going to say, yeah. Oh, is kind of what we're trying to start to talk about today. Yes. Yeah, so first off, congratulations. Thank you. It's an awesome show and there's still multiple chances to see it. So if you're in the area, definitely do it. Um, You are so right talking about stepping into this process um you know both of us have kind of been a part of it i'm formally announcing i guess right now um <laughs> that i'll be stepping into this process where uh it's a lot more intense at the high school level mm -hmm. um and it looks a little different than what we've been doing serious in in some ways in other ways that you know not just at the middle school level but in our summer camp we we understand that high intensity um, and so today, and this conversation is a perfect segue into what we're talking about, mm -hmm. which is understanding theater and theater educators um, and their perception of work-life balance, mm -hmm. because it's absolutely so much different um, than um, other <laughs> educators in our building. Now, you know, caveat to that before we really get into our, you know, conversation is I recognize that there are other high school teachers and middle, middle school, school teachers, teachers that elementary are coaching, school right, teachers that are even. coaching, that are are running a bunch of clubs, that have so many different things. But because we exist in this world and we've existed in this world for so long now, there mm -hmm. is an absolute difference in balancing and this juggling act that has to do with theater and and what that work life balance is. Mm -hmm. Um, do you have work-life balance? <laughs> I like to think I do. Um, I, I, I definitely think it's an area that I can still probably improve in, but also I have to take it in like, into like focus. No, into consideration, consideration, but also context. That was the word I was looking for of, of like where I am in my life right now. I'm 25. I'm single. Like I can let this be my life right now. Right. I have that ability to do that because I'm not um, being relied on by other people. I can really just focus in on me and what I'm doing, Absolutely. which is great. But also at the same time, there does come a point where, you know, I'm the type of person who I never say no. I rarely ask for help. I'm very much like, uh, you know, I, I, I like to, to do things myself, but also, you know, again, I'm still trying to learn and grow and work on things Absolutely. like that. But, but like, I do think I could get better at my work-life balance, <clears throat> but I also think I have the ability to kind of spend more time in that area where I am presently in my life yes. in five years, 10 years down the road, will my work-life balance look different and probably should be different. Absolutely. Yeah. Right now where I am at my, in my life, I, I feel fine with 
with where I currently exist work yeah. balance wise. So let's break down what, when we talk about work, that work, you know, first half of that phrase, work-life balance, what it looks like for theater educators specifically. So <laughs> we are a, a normal day during a show season, which at the middle school level, you and I are doing two, two and a half shows at our schools mm -hmm. um high schools can go up to two to six you know mm -hmm. however many um and so what it looks like is you're teaching your general classes from seven to three and then your rehearsals go from three to six three to six thirty three to seven when you get to show week sometimes it's like three to nine three to ten um mm -hmm. and, and doing that and you are overseeing every single process of your day you are the leader in all of your classes and you are the captain of this vessel after school mm -hmm. to make sure it goes seamless um in that regard what does that look like in terms of planning and prioritizing things throughout that day in your experience and in your perception what does planning look like for classes and for rehearsals to benefit you from not going insane working a 12 to 14 to 16 hour day? I mean, okay. I think you, you we've Loaded heard question. <laughs> we've heard like so many people make this same statement and it's because it's hundred percent true during show weeks. We are terrible teachers fully. We are so, because we're trying to do a million other things to get so much other stuff ready. And not that that's an excuse, but it's just the facts of the matter. Well, it's another kind of balance. You have to take from one facet of mm -hmm. that day to give and provide for another facet. Yeah. Um, but during like the normal rehearsal, you know, process outside of tech week, outside of show week, when you're not there until the, you know, dinner hours or when you're doing a 12 hour day instead of a 16 hour day yes. exactly yeah um i i mean thankfully i think i'm in a place now curriculum wise where i feel really solid in what Absolutely. i'm teaching and so i don't have to worry too much about what i'm trying to do it's just like a, oh i've done this before now we're trying it on with this new group of kids depending on whatever semester it is right, right. and obviously you're gonna have to fine-tune things and, and adjust some stuff to that specific group of kids but it's not taking a whole lot of like new or exerted effort absolutely um you know, picking right back up where you had left off with that thing the last time you taught it, right. bringing it back out and, you know, re redoing it. Um, as far as like rehearsals go, I don't, unless it's choreography, I don't pre-plan a lot of things. Um, I, I have like general ideas of where stuff is going to be, but I tend to just like block in the moment with, you know, who I, I'm with have them try some things, have me try some things, and then we, you know, figure it out. So unless it's like a rehearsal where I have to have things prepared, I'm not stressing so, so, so much about like over preparing myself for that rehearsal. I have my choreography done when I'm supposed to have it done. And if it's, you know, blocking or whatever else or like running the show, you know, by then you're like, okay, we're, we're going to run this. We're going to tweak and pull, but like, it's not like a ton of extra like time and planning. At least on and my you end. know I'm the opposite of that. <laughs> I am like uh we will be doing scene one 
or act one, scene one, from this line to this line during this rehearsal. Mm. And if we have additional time, we'll do this next. And then that bleeds over into the next day. And right. And sometimes it's chronological and mm-hmm. sometimes it's like, great. A lot of the time I center my stuff around full cast things at the beginning and that's very out of order and then i have a couple weeks where i'm like okay i'm only gonna keep or pull or have in front of me a smaller group of people that i can crank out more scenes and i'm very meticulous about figuring out where i can use the my the amount of time i'm granted best and not not that you aren't you you just move in a way that that you you move in a meticulous way in your own right but i feel like my if i don't plan like a rehearsal calendar I have a for rehearsal myself calendar. oh where yeah. that's super intense mm-hmm. then i feel like i'm lost because when something gets done i'm always like okay what is next what is next what is next and i don't think i am the type of person that can adapt maybe as well as you are mm-hmm. when it comes to figuring out like what the next part is mm-hmm. And so that's been, you know, something that's really been helpful for me with all of my shows is dealing with that. Um, And it also makes my life in the classroom a little bit easier because when I have that downtime, like you said, because we're pre, you know, we, we have the curriculum in our classes that we've used and we know, and we're experts at, so we can do that. It allows me to think about, okay, so when I'm doing this, what does this look like? And I feel like I utilize my time best mm-hmm. at rehearsal for myself, mm-hmm. which is difficult Yeah, in, in itself. Yeah. When we come back, um, we're going to continue having this conversation about the many hats and facets that we have to think about. Um, navigating that um, in terms of uh, sustainability of human qualities like food and sleep and (laughs) social life and all of that. Mm -hmm. Um, And then getting into some of the other things when it comes to work-life balance, specifically in theater um, and how it breaks down with um, working with other colleagues that sometimes it's closer in, you know, uh, relationship than it is in just like a general classroom setting. So lots to unpack when we come back. talking today about work-life balance this is more of a do as we say not as we do (laughs) kind of episode yeah because it really does falter into like there are some times where I think I have incredible work-life balance and there's some times where I'm like oh you mean when you're not doing a show right I was gonna say that's when when I'm not when I'm in the summer not working and not doing a show I have incredible work-life balance um right before we went uh to break we kind of wrapped up where we see like during show weeks, what that looks like for us as a whole. Mm-hmm. Um, I know my biggest downfall is in the classroom. I'm honestly okay. Like, am I a hundred percent there? No. You know what? I'm the worst at during shows, like in the last few weeks, especially grades. Oh, yeah. I do I'm zero grading. So right now I'm like so behind. I feel so bad. And I'm a bad students... grader to begin with already. Same. All my students keep asking me. They're like, Miss Sweeney, when are you going to put this in? When are you going to put this in? And I'm like, ne- point, next maybe. week, maybe. Yeah. I'm so right. like, I, I don't know. I, 
I wish that was something that I had more time, but also if I was going from rehearsal, then going home and doing grading and then doing whatever else, like feeding myself and putting myself to bed, right. I'm, <laughs> I'm like never going to have time to do anything else. So, so let's yeah. break that down about like you have to coming make some home, sacrifices. right? We both talked about how we've really lucked out in the sense of um, the past two years, you and I have lived together. So mm -hmm. we understand what that looks like. And for the most part, you know, this is kind of a, a outlier, you doing a show that I, and I'm not doing a show. Mm -hmm. um, usually we're on pretty similar schedules. Mm -hmm. um, and so when you get home from a long day at rehearsal and doing school, okay, where are you at mentally and how does that manifest once you're home? Because I feel like you're better than I am. Yeah. When it comes to that. But you're crazy. Yes. I take after my mother. Fully. <laughs> I've always said that. And um, yeah, no, I I really should take more care of myself in the sense of like, you know, you don't need to do this or you don't need to do that and just like go to bed or like, you know, it can wait till tomorrow. And I do say that to a lot of things, but there are other things I like, you know, just don't make that the move and that's okay i live with those decisions but am i going to bed super late at night yeah am i still getting up really early the next day yeah what are you filling that but, time with at home that a is helping you or you're like this is a necessity i have to do this yeah um <laughs> um i will work out at like 9 or 10 p.m sometimes but that is a, a huge de-stressor for you yes so i will come home and i'll like have some time where i just like sit and do nothing or like eat or whatever and then it'll be like okay if i don't do this for myself i'm gonna be really really stressed and so right. like yes is it later at night yeah and like should i probably <laughs> but i'm not a morning person like i can't get up early and do right. that I've, I'm a night owl yeah. and I know that about myself. And so like some people listening are probably like, she does what? Yeah. But like it works for me. And honestly, I am so much better prepared for the next day because I did. Right. Because like you said, it's a huge distressor for me. It's a huge just like I would be an absolute ball of like stress and emotions if I didn't do that for myself. And so, you know, that's why making, I have a beer after rehearsal. Making that a priority. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> making that a priority for me is, you know, and there's sometimes where I have to say, Kira, no, like it's too late. You need to go to sleep. Which is and good. I'll, and I'll, and I will. And I'll, but like, uh, I'll just, Do you think you've gotten better about that over yes, the years? 100%. Um, but there are days where I'm like, you know, man, today was rough. And like, yes, it's like, you know, getting near the, <laughs> the last few hours of the day, but like, I've had a horrible day. And even though I just got home from rehearsal at like 8pm, and I took like time to eat, and then I'm gonna do this. Um, you know, sometimes you just have to be like, I'm not in like, this is what's going to be best for me. Wow. I absolutely agree. I think, and this is kind of moving into what we want to talk about yet next and talking about like social relationships yeah. throughout all of that. Um, I had a huge epiphany this last year um, on managing like social relationships with what I do versus what some of our peers do. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I love this kind of thought process and it really makes sense to me and it makes sense to a lot of my friends and, and my relationship where for you and I, we are on from the minute we walk into school to the minute we leave. Mm -hmm. We dodge probably 150 to 200 questions a day from 
adolescents to other adults to emails to parents like all of that and so we are constantly interacting and socializing with people all day and so when i get home a lot of the time I need like a good 30 minutes or a good hour to just sit and zone out. And you and I have been really good of like, this is our shared social time <laughs> where neither of us are talking to each other and we're just sitting on our phones, taking in that time for us to just like disconnect mm -hmm. from all of that mm -hmm. versus a lot of our friends are work from home friends mm -hmm. where they're working from home and they may have not have muttered a single word to anybody the entire day. Yeah. And it hits 5 PM and they're like, Hey, right? they're like, Hey, do you want to call? Let's hang out. Let's do all that. And I'm like, I absolutely love the ground you walk on. This is the second episode in two weeks that I've said that, but um, I absolutely adore you, but I also do not have the mental capacity for this right now to, to hold a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And when you break it down for friends yeah, in that way, mm -hmm. they absolutely understand that this is not like, I don't want to talk to you because I'm not in the mood to talk to you or anything. I'm like, I'm not in the mood to talk to anybody. Mm -hmm. I need this time to decompress, to refill my social, you know, mm -hmm. energy levels. Battery, yeah. yeah, whatever. And then I can hold the conversation I can sustain and give you the energy that you're worth giving because mm -hmm. I do want this to be a good relationship. I don't want to be an ass. And, and I'm so thankful for my fiance, Ethan, because he's, you know, I'll call him on my drive home and then he'll like say to me when like, I, I haven't talked for 30 seconds. He goes, all right, I'm going to let you, you know, disassociate <laughs> yeah, yeah. and you call me when you're ready. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and I'm super thankful for that because I understand that, that to many people that can come off as, you know, off putting or passive aggressive and it's not it. It's just, not. Oh yeah. Well, I did. I don't mean to call my mom out, but it reminds me of this one time we were sitting, this was a few weeks ago. We were sitting for before a show. And I like pulled up my phone and just like started scrolling and my mom like turned to me and was like, is there going to ever going to come a time when you're not going to do that? And I literally looked up at her and said, I came straight here from, from school and then rehearsal. I have not been on my phone in hours. Right. I like, I just needed a moment to like zone out, to dissociate. Absolutely. And she was like, oh yeah, I totally understand that. It wasn't like I was just like bored socially. I just needed like a moment. I had come on from being like on all day. And then I was like, I just needed a right. moment for myself. Well, and going and seeing shows is kind of nice too, <laughs> because especially when you're not a part of it, because I'm like, I can fill two my social cup, but also no one has to talk to me for two hours. Yeah. And I'm just analyzing all of yeah. this. Love here. you, mom. Yeah. But. But yeah, no, that's exactly what that is. And like some people get it and some people you, I like, you just have to think about, oh yeah, they, yeah. they have been really, really, really busy. Um, backing up eating. Yeah. How, so cooking, I mean, you're an expert at this. I am a terrible, terrible, terrible eater when it comes yeah. to when I'm stressed out. Um, what works best for you in planning or prep or, or anything that really helps you and benefits you after you are working so much to, to like maintain this healthy work-life balance when mm -hmm. it comes to eating? I mean, I think when I went to college, I got really good about like, uh, and my mom really set me up for six. I've talked about my mom a lot. Love you, mom. Um, hey, but like, I think she really set me up for success in the sense of like, you know, you know, like obviously prioritize, you know, 
simplicity, but also nourishment and like yeah. making sure that you're getting everything you need. So I've kind of like figured out a meal plan for like breakfast, lunch and dinner for myself. That's basically sustained me from college and now into adulthood where I feel like I'm not, not eating well. I'm not, um, you know, having to like cook so much or like eat out too much or like right. whatever you want to like, you know, whatever that looks like. Um, but you know, I just try to make things like easy for myself. Um, but also like, I'll prep something and then just like make a bunch of it and then put it in containers so that I can eat it when I get home. Or it might just be like, Oh, you know, I, I don't actually want that. I can always like put like some soup in the microwave or I right. can make some pasta right. or like can make a quesadilla. There's like lots of simple things that you can do to make things easier or, you know, just, I think you have to figure out what you like, what's, but what's also going to, you know, like, still fill you up and, like and make be you feel enjoyable good. because I'm yeah. like buttered noodles seven days a week for lunch and dinner mm. is great, but yeah. I don't want to do that. So I think it's about creating mm -hmm. a pantry and a refrigerator mm -hmm. that is still enjoyable. But like you said, is that simplicity? I'm a stir fry girl. You've always been. It's the best way to make sure you get all different things. Like I'll just, you know, pick a protein pick a grain and yeah. then load that up with veg and you're good to go. I've been really like, in my soup era lately. You have been in your soup era. But it's like, it's not just like something basic. There's multiple ingredients, yeah. but I make a huge batch yeah. and it's not, you know, eating something three days in a row is not boring to me because I'm just all like, usually it's something I haven't had in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, I'm going to make this soup. I really enjoy it. I'm going to enjoy it for lunch these two days and dinner these two days. And then I'm like, great. I don't have any prep to do because I spent that one prep, you know, doing this. Mm -hmm. um, okay. We've nourished our bodies. Um, you talked about working out. Um, mm -hmm. We've talked about like disassociating, finding those hobbies to do those things when you can, whether it be 15, 30, I'm so an hour. excited to not be at rehearsal until like 8 p.m. so that I can go on walks. Yeah. Oh, we've been I'm big so walk girlies. I'm so excited yeah. to go like put my headphones in and listen to the Footloose soundtrack while I get ready to choreograph. Exactly. Like that's, that's as, you know, like you have to find obviously what works best for you. And so like yeah. anything, you know, physical activity wise, anything like, like you said, hobby wise, whether yeah. that's if you want to go home and you want to knit, great. Yeah. If you want to go home and you want to read, oh my God, I'm also so excited. Yeah. <laughs> For the amount of books that you can And then I can sit and Well, read and it's and... sitting on the patio reading now, which right? is a game changer. Yeah. And that feels, usually sitting outside in the warm, which yeah. I, living in Colorado and having five months <laughs> of not doing that, but we're entering that happening. And that really fills me up. Yeah. Especially when I'm stressed sitting out Sitting on as the well, porch. Is sitting out side and a beverage like, or a book uh, yeah. or whatever it is or going on a little trot a yeah. little strut it's yeah. great yeah um okay so individually you can create this work-life balance mm -hmm. that really suits you mm -hmm. um and and recognizing that um but there's a lot of well, and, social stuff and like i said this works well for me now right and like it i think we're we're going to continue to learn we're going to continue to flex that as we you know step into new you know, new, uh, journeys or new relationships or new, whatever right. it is like, you're gonna like your work-life balance is really going to have to depend on like 
where you are in that current state of your life and your prioritization so yeah so like in and you know as you were just starting to talk about with relationships i think we maybe and it's all take for granted like being able to come home and being like you know i was dealing with this today you know help me right. or or you know telling each other hey you don't have to send that email right now right like the same issue is going to exist tomorrow it's and it makes it even better because it's not someone else saying it. it's it's someone else but it's being like i know exactly the shoes you're in because yeah. i've been in them and i'm here to guide you and to make you better again sometimes it's a do as i say not as i do yeah but yeah. i agree with you yeah about coming home and being like well i really need to do this no it can no, wait till tomorrow yeah. no you don't or like okay like if it's gonna make you feel better yeah do it do it now and then you know open that up and figure out you know how it, it played out tomorrow or whatever that it's going to depend keep on doing that with relationships that aren't just you and I, I think what it says. And like I've talked about is it's being really explicit into what your expectations are. Right. I could run myself, you know, rabid with the amount of stuff I do, but I feel like I've been very, you know, the relationships that we have and, and our best friend, Beth, who is, a large part of our lives and we see very often, I feel like I've been very open to her about like, this is when you need to tell me stop and no mm -hmm. and don't and let's go do this instead. And mm -hmm. in the moment, am I mad or annoyed or uh, upset at when I'm like, no, I just want to finish this. And she's like, no, we're not doing that though. Mm -hmm. But I am really grateful because I've, I've set the standard of this is what I really need help with mm -hmm. in order for me to sustain this work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And that's been really beneficial. Yeah. And so when we come back from the break, we'll finally get into social relationships, mm -hmm. um, kind of like we've been talking, but also talking about when you're in those immense points of pressure, what do these relationships look like and how do you manage that after all is said and done, right? We've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly in, in all of that and mm -hmm. just making it work for you. We'll be right back. My work-life balance right now consists of me just saying no, but not in like the professional way <laughs> in, in the like, I'm sitting in a meeting and they're like, we could do this. And I just, my intrusive thoughts are winning. And mm -hmm. I just go, no, 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 we're not doing that. No, 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 no. <laughs> but that's also April in the school year. Yeah. Um, we're back talking about work-life balance. Again, do what we say, not what we do. But mm -hmm. we're constantly learning and evolving. And I think we, in our professional careers, have really grown and improved. Mm -hmm. um, and it'll only get stronger and better as we navigate our own self-confidence, our own self-efficacy and understanding how all of this stuff makes us feel as as humans, mm -hmm. right? How much is too much? Mm -hmm. um, and what we wanted to get into was talking about the social dynamics specifically related to theater and being a theater educator or working in the industry mm -hmm. and navigating these work-life balances. Because you and I, we do the exact same thing mm -hmm. every single day. Our calendars year round are very similar. Mm -hmm. um, and we, I think we have done really good at navigating our, our social relationship. Well, and I was just going to say, we, we also run in the very same social circle, very same work 
social circle right as far as like you know our our jobs outside of school right um and it's it's a really amazing thing to make art with people you care about but it's an incredibly difficult thing to make art with people you care yeah. about um regardless it's re like making art's a really vulnerable thing holy and especially doing that for people whose opinions and whose um ideas you really want to value and respect um it's it's not easy all no. the time and you have to be really um like smart about how you navigate those conversations those interactions those um you know moments of work moments of play you just like i think we we have a really awesome working relationship and a lot of the people that we collaborate with do as well but i, agree. I would be lying if i said we haven't ever argued before no i'm i'm thinking about those times and i it, it really makes me go like how did we navigate them and i i think more than probably a majority of the interactions and the relationships that we work with in all of our professional dynamics, I think you and I have streamlined our conflict resolution is not really what it is, but it kind of also mm -hmm. is what it is, is when tensions are high, you and I do a really good job of first off, not even outwardly assessing how the other person is, but really validating like, okay, the things that they're saying right now what is what is going on with their stress level with their workload and all of that and let me understand that and then anything that i give back to them i'm recognizing that they are under an immense amount of pressure mm -hmm. and that is how i will lead in this conversation knowing that i think we're also really good at using i feel statements yes. or questioning like leading first with how are you feeling yes or or like when this happened i felt um, right. Like really, you know, for coming at it first from a place of like, this is where I am at emotionally, um, with, with whatever is going on, um, which to some people is probably terrifying right. to like lead with their, like how they feel first. Um, but as, as you know, close friends, as collaborators, as artists, emotions are not scary to us. Right. Exactly. Um, and so is it terrifying sometimes to, to admit how you're feeling? Absolutely. We're humans. And, and that's, um, you know, regardless of if you feel really awesome about something, or if you feel really like shitty, you know, saying that when you know, the other person might not be feeling the same way or worse feels the exact opposite. Um, is hard. And we've been in all of those situations <laughs> yeah. you just laid out. I think of um what some what another really difficult thing is is there's been times in our working relationship where it's not terrible. It, it's kind of wonderful to analyze, but you and I psychoanalyze a lot of stuff together. But like let's say I'm having a really stressful day of getting stuff done and I'm a little bit more stern with you on on uh, uh, you know, time or schedule or something. And to me, I've been going it, going over and over and over again of like, wow, I was so mean and disrespectful to Kira. And then like, we'll come home and I'll be like, I'm so sorry that I did that. And you'll be like, I don't know what you're talking about. You told me I had 10 minutes left. And I said, okay, great. 
because I had 10 minutes left yeah. and I recognized that. Yeah. And I recognized you were not trying to be malicious and be like, I'm only giving you 10 minutes because I hate you. It was like, mm-hmm. I knew that you were trying to think about the full product. I want to think about the full product. And, but, but it's great to have that conversation. And I think you can't take things personally no. unless it's a personal attack. Yes. And I think sometimes we think the way that we are saying something or setting something up may make the other person feel like it's a personal attack, but it's all about how you phrase it. Right. So like you just said, while in your brain, you might be like, oh man, I was totally like, you know, so mean to her and and being like, well, you're like going over and you're doing too much and you're having too much fun or whatever. Like you need to get it done in, in someone else's perspective of that, including my own. I'm like, oh no, like I understand that we have a schedule we got to keep and I got to do whatever I can to make sure we the course right and we we're seeing that in a lot of our working relationships now specifically within our theater company because we're growing at an exponential rate and growth is incredibly change is hard for a lot of people Mm -hmm. and and so navigating that has been really difficult i was literally gonna say it's it's all about the growth mindset and i think you and i are very much in a point of our life where we're in a growth mindset about a lot of things because we're educators helps i'm sure absolutely we are constantly reflecting and constantly wanting to make things better or even you know the day of debriefing what worked well what didn't work well what can we do better for even the next rehearsal what can we do better for the next year what can we do better for the next 10 years right Um, but also having a growth mindset in the sense of understanding, you know, each other and understanding, um, how, how people operate. And once you kind of figure that out and under, you know, and, and set a standard for communication, um, it's, it's totally okay to admit when you've had successes and admit when you need areas of improvement. Yes. Do I do everything perfect all the time? God, no. Right. Um, nor do I do I want to. Like, I mean, I want to. I'm a, it's a I'm, hard a, life I'm a recovering doing, perfectionist. Yeah. It's a hard <laughs> life doing everything right. Trust me. I know. <laughs> Kidding. But um, I think you really have to 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 understand and then grow with that person. Yes. Through those experiences, through those conversations, through those difficult, you know circumstances or whatever it is it's and then when you can take take the stuff out of it and really sit down with that person and talk about the like you said feelings are not we are not fearful of feelings in this industry but sitting down and recognizing like why you know not only what are you feeling but why are you feeling Mm -hmm. that way and how can i help you not feel that way while we do the same thing because in a lot of you know theatrical things is it has to be done this way or we're going to do it this way or we're going to bulldoze in this direction whether you like it or not but I want you to like it and sometimes it's like you said changing that mindset into a growth mindset of I think you may just be looking at it wrong and I don't say that as an attack to anybody I'm saying as a let me help you find the way to think about it that works for you but it all comes down to relationship yeah uh, and, and, and the same thing is, you know, when people always ask me about like teaching philosophy or like, you know, how do you deal with, you know, classroom management or how do you deal with conflict resolution yeah. or how do you deal with, you know, X, Y, Z? It always, I think, comes down to, you know, people, you know, people people and um showing up for each other or meeting each other where we are or pushing each other challenging each other it really depends on the circumstance Mm -hmm. i also think you know kind of on the work-life balance topic of 
you and I, I think are so incredibly lucky that we oftentimes align on all of our creative mm -hmm. visions. Yes. And so it's really easy for us to go to each other and say, I have this idea. Can I pitch it to you? And then we're able to, you know, work together to really refine that. So we don't feel like we're like, you know, fighting for our, our visions. We are trying to get each other on the same page. Well, and we're incredibly compromising because there have some been some times where both of us have been in the driver's seat of this is my idea. And both of us are like, well, I don't really like that. And it's been an, a thing of both of us sometimes get in our feels of, well, I really like it and I'm doing it because <laughs> I'm the director or I'm the choreographer and I'm going to do it this way. But I think when we have the time and that is the thing that we never have, but when we do have the time, usually it's about analyzing what it is the other person is doing and whether it's a compromise or we finally get to show the other person what our vision is, usually we're a hundred percent go and like doing it that way. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the case. Yeah. Um, Work-life balance is hard, <laughs> but you can do it. Um, I think what I've heard from both you and I say this entire episode is find the thing that works for you. Mm -hmm. But also realize that what works for you has to be balanced, has to be a balancing act. Mm -hmm. You cannot do one or the other, right? We cannot be workaholics, right? We know people that are the opposite of workaholics and, and seeing what that does to mental health. Um, and navigating both of these things is a balancing act. Mm -hmm. And in the theater world, it's so difficult as well. Um, and so to anyone listening, I definitely am like a hundred percent continue redefining what work life looks for you. And also don't feel like you're hurting someone so much because you're taking time to balance your work life, mm -hmm. right? You can still open your computer the next day, close it when you need to close it mm -hmm. because you can always open it up the next day. Yeah. Any final thoughts? No, I think you put it really like, well, I think, you know, I think it's a, it's a, like you said, a balancing act, right? Knowing when, when something is best for you, but also knowing when you need to rely on others yes, in the same sense yeah. of like finding that balance work in life, but also finding that balance, you know, being independent and feeling supported. Yeah. I think it's, it's all, you know, part of the, the, the journey, the, you know, figuring it out. Cause being an adult, being, a, even, <laughs> being, uh, a, even, being, even being a student in the yeah. performing arts, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. I literally think back to my high school self and was like, how did I do it all? Yeah, I agree. How did I do that? Yeah. Um, but you will yeah. and you can. You'll be fine. Yeah. Um, if you have any suggestions on uh how make sure to have we fun. can yeah, oh, fun <laughs> is first. Um, if you have suggestions on how um we can improve our work-life balance or or tips or tricks on how you maintain a good work-life balance, please send them in. <laughs> I am desperate on continuing to redefine this. Um, but also I think it comes from conversations to hear how other people work and be like, oh, I can apply that to my life and I can yeah. absolutely make it work. And or if love you want to be like, you're a crazy right. person. Right. <laughs> um, but we want to, <laughs> I want the dialogue of, of others sharing this um, for us as well. And, and the way that you can share with us is by following our uh, podcast Instagram. 
at theater podcast, T-H-E-A-T-R-E. The thing, not the place. And definitely let us know what works for you because it's different for every person, but there can be so much intertwining that yeah. works best for everybody. Yeah. Um, and I love that you're being relaxed right now listening to this episode. Um, but go relax some more or go work or do whatever. Or go have fun. Whatever you want to do, you do it. Um, but just make sure in two weeks to come back um, because there's going to be another exhilarating restful fun and thoughtful episode of theater, theater thoughts. thoughts we'll see you next time goodbye